0: we Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, got a lovely show tonight. Uh, uh now let's get to the smartest man in the room at uh room doubles as a walk in closet. <laughs> now Trump's a smart guy, knows how to play the game, and uh it's it's a long one, I would I would say. Chaotic one that he's playing, but uh, it's a long one. The fawning and uh, begrudging celebrity of uh, George W. Bush and his uh, Bubbles the Chimp Moonlighting as Bob Ross shtick sure is winning people over Maybe that will happen with Trump in 15 years or so following Bush Bush's um, uh, footsteps, if you will. Trump's doing that right now, I would would, uh, probably say. Bush killed one million Iraqis with the war in Iraq, a uh, fact that uh, many would like to remind uh, people like Ellen um, for hanging out with the former um, war criminal, I mean, president. (laughs) So it only tracks that Trump bumps his deaths to a million with a one million dead Americans due to coronavirus. Virus and holy shit that's dark. Jesus Christ damn fuck ass Ted Fuck yikes. How are we supposed to make this funny? This man's too stupid to exist, let alone too racist, and surrounds himself with literal Nazis. Sorry, white identitarians and separatists. What you you want me to make with the jokes, huh? Okay, what do you call a turkey on the toilet? A turd key. There! There's your joke! Why are you still all laughing? Who are you people? Where am I? What is going on? God, you know what? I'm piv- Okay, folks, that's enough of that. We're pivoting to sports this episode. But not so fast, my friend. We've got football to talk about. Let's get into cancel culture. The culture that is currently canceling sports for being problematic during a damn pandemic. The NFL still doesn't have an answer or plan of attack here as we're going into, you know, the preseason. The NCAA and its various conferences, however, more drastic for their employees, I mean tuition slaves, I mean students. <laughs> the MAC 12 canceled their football season due to COVID, the Big 12 and SEC Nah, not even close, and may even have their fans in the stadium. Other conferences like the Big Ten and Pac-12 announced their seasons to be postponed out of the fall. Not to be outdone by the SEC, the MAC-10 conference continues its lifelong stance in canceling out human lives. (laughs) When asked about playing football in the fall, the Conference USA representative stated, our goal for the rest of the season continues as we scheduled, at the start of 2020. We have no plans on playing competitive football this year or the next. <laughs> if the Big Ten and other conferences go the NHL and NBA route, with shorter seasons either in the fall or spring season, I can foresee limited conference-only play being the final results. Not great, but uh, a lot of people miss sports. There's a longing for a sense of normalcy in seeing Michigan lose to Ohio State. (laughs) (laughs) However, that conference-only play will be without one big factor keeping a few teams relevant. If you're anything like me, you relish at the fact that a Division 1 team will likely only play teams in their conference. This means your favorite conference punching bag won't have a chance to bully any Division 2 II or 3 schools into a W. I'm looking at you, Kansas in Kansas with an AR. Notre Dame, however, does not have any conference. <laughs> in the past, they bring disgust across the country, but not in the way the university intends. Millions of non-domers, um, domers, as uh, colloquially known as a Notre Dame fan, bemoan the bewildering high ranks of Notre Dame when an undefeated Boise State waits in the wings to get its due year after year. This time, if the Indiana-based uh, Notre Dame football team plays this year um, against like a rival such as the University of Southern California They can continue the trend of spreading misery in a different way! (laughs) So what fun of coronavirus shines a big old black light on? Who really matters in this world? Not the players. Not the students. Screw you. Play our games. Because we made the system so... Un, unprofitable you can 't make make money as a college student while you're you're the, the, the star of the country only in california and 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 select states where you can maybe profit off of your 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 personal football brand and you will only make the money once you get to the nfl that 's when you start making the money so i don 't blame the students of uh, Iowa State, student-athletes, I should say, for wanting to play a season to help show that they are NFL-ready and they can be drafted into next season, which will likely still go on without a hitch because we might have a vaccine or not. We don't know yet. This is all terrifying, and I'm going to stop it here because you know what's less depressing about 2020? Talking about the past, such as the failure of Mike Ditka, you won one Super Bowl and never returned to the Super Bowl at all let alone have a, a winning record and your second go at head coaching oh oh golly stay tuned for the segment about Mike Dicka and uh the um and the um football team the um the proud um historic legacy of the of the football team, the football teamers, yes, the football teamers, after that. The Windy City, Chicago, is full of, how you say, um, blowhards. Most of them political, but some are bigger and more beloved than others. I'm not talking about Blogo or Obama, I'm talking about the man who almost ran against Obama and probably would have won if he did because the state of Illinois just loves him. I'm talking the man you see everywhere in Cook County. The stash, the cigar. The dense Rust Belt accent we've come to associate with Saturday Night Live's Superfans sketch. That's right, if Trump proved an idiotic strongman can win an election, Mike Dicka would've beat Obama in the 2004 Senator race in Illinois. Now, I don't want to go on a tangent here, but can Mike Dicka just retire from everything already? When he's not falling asleep on ESPN or selling out his brand for shitty pup food, antifreeze, dealerships, blockbuster, dick pills, circuit city, and bathtubs? There's so many. Put all that shilling aside, he's busy blowing mustache deep cigar smoke up Trump's ass. Chicagoans, can we stop idolizing this idiot? What? Finally, the pasty and prickly beef-eating Chicagoans have a representation in the media, a guy born near Pittsburgh. This man coasted on an offensive Hall of Famer he he foolishly forgot to honor on the biggest stage and on the back of the 46 defense, which was not his creation, by the way. I should correct myself. Dicka the Player? Hall of Fame tight end that turned the position into what you see today. A beefy receiver catches balls good da coach joined a good team with one of the best draft years for any team in is in their first year your odds were already stellar you didn't have to worry about the defense or a running back at all you gambled correctly in 1983 to build the iconic team congratulations you had Hall of Famer Offensive tackle first round Jim Covert you have Willie Galt wide receiver Starting wide receiver you had Dave Dewarson and Tom Thayer safety and center both bait starters one of them pro bowler and then later on in in the eighth round you had Richard Dent Hall of Famer and then Mark Boats, I probably said his name wrong. I could go on, but that class for that one team is, is, is just like two Hall of Famers in one draft for a team. It's it's nutty. All the pieces were there in place for a dynasty. Then your defeats Then your defensive coordinator leaves you after winning the big one. You know, the man players had to beg the owner to keep a board in the previous administration and maybe make him head coach. The man who invented the 46 defense and was treated like the second head coach on the team. Buddy Ryan was that extra push the team needed to be iconic. Your team idolized your defensive coordinator. That spells, don't mess with the system or process. You did and got in the way. Punches were thrown, yes you were told to get the F out of defensive meetings, yes there were also sour grapes with Bloody Ryan over not being named head coach, but players produced tears and threw chairs that stuck into walls because he left the team. Without him, the 14-2 record sported by the 86 Bears didn't matter when playoffs showed they were paper champions in that era. Dicka's teams, after the 85 season, had five more playoff appearances, only two wins in that span. Yes, home field advantage for all of them, and bye weeks for the majority in that duration, and one of those wins was against Buddy Ryan. The defense could not get their stuff together in the playoffs. They crumbled against Washington in 86 and needed their mentor to kick him back into shape. I mentioned the 1983 draft where they drafted two Hall of Famers. One of them, Richard Dent, Hall of Fame t- defensive end, lets it be known that Dickutt could not figure out the quarterback position at all all. The 1986 season continued the domination despite relying on backup quarterbacks to win games. They were on track to repeat their Super Bowl run, ending the 14-2 season with backup quarterbacks. Near the end of the season, Ditka thought it was smart to take a high profile guy off the streets and lead his offense into the playoffs with this dude. Mind you, try learning a semester's worth of engineering studies in two weeks for the final exam. That's the gamble Ditka took with the quarterback position. Doug Flutie was the guy off the street who played for the failed USFL with the New Jersey Generals. That team, by the way, was co-owned by Donald Trump. You can see a lot of it in the uh, documentary Small Potatoes where he basically killed the competitive League to the NFL The only league at, at that point who, who posed a, a threat to the NFL in the 80s, but then killed it because he's an asshole. Cool, huh? Anyway, let's look at another Chicago Bears coach who made a Super Bowl run Lovie Smith did not capture the same magic again without Ron Riviera after their Super Bowl loss in 2006. Lovey also didn't have a greatest-of-all-time player and a reliable pro bowler as running backs back-to-back in Walter Payton and Neil Anderson, let alone a defense as dominant as in the 80s. What Lovie did have were future Hall of Fame special teamers, I'm correct, don't, don't, don't battle me on this, like return man Devin Hester and kicker Robbie Gold. And you can't be a stellar team if you rely on special team desperation throws. Not every game can be the Monday Night Miracle against the Arizona Cardinals where the Bears had six turnovers. Five, I think possibly six, okay, at least five done by their quarterback. And eventually leading to two defensive touchdowns and one return for a touchdown and a field goal to win that game, crowning the Bears and their asses. It's called the Monday Night Miracle for a reason. Now let's go beyond Chicago here with Dicka. Dicka bet the entire farm on Ricky Williams in the 1999 draft and still laughably failed that season. Let's put all of our eggs into one basket, giving away all of the New Orleans Saints draft picks, hoping for another Walter Payton. Buddy! Guy! You knew what happened when you got Walter Payton when you got to Chicago in 1983. You win, but it's not enough until he's not the only one! Ricky was the entire team, and he got consumed by the media, which limited his growth as an NFL player. The stardom of of being the number one guy out of your draft class. And, and having all this attention on you to bring New Orleans out of the slump. And the final result was a 3-13 record, and the final nail for Dicka's coaching career in New Orleans. At the end of the day, Dicka, you're a pitchman who can't take a joke. Yes, the ESPN cover with you and Ricky Williams as newlyweds was GOLD. Appropriate, since half of marriages end in bitter divorces. Chicago. Let's look at this man for what he really was. A stellar player and a decent coach, thrown in a fantastic situation in the 80s. He's not God nor royalty just because he can't say no to ads and his image never leaves Cook County. That's all ignoring the, well, I haven't seen any social injustice mean, in the past uh, 100 years or so, gaffs and goofs that a 77-year-old white man is prone to do. Of course, that's just my opinion. I could be right. Legendary scum of the earth, the NFL continues its journey towards depravity with the latest chapter consumed by COVID-19. But there's one passage, no, footnote, of the 2020 season that I want to focus on. I don't want to get on a tangent here, but uh, are you idiots that devoid of ideas? Tired of media types calling his franchise the Washington team, here's The Washington football team! Dan Snyder, the man who turned the ever-present threat of the 80s to the joke of the new millennium. Two playoff victories to show for two decades of ownership. We've come to expect this level of disappointment with the Browns and Lions. Hell, throw in the literal paper tigers of the Cincinnati Bengals with zero playoff wins in the 2000s. What a fall from grace for the Washington football team. At least the Bengals were committed to winning only in the regular season with Marv Lewis for 15 plus years, come on. Mr. Snyder, you are committed to being the worst. If you truly want your team to win, then quits. Quits, my God. You're the biggest obstacle to this entire franchise and its phantom who wants to see a victory in the playoffs, let alone a playoff Appearance leading to the Super Bowl. Every coach you hire leaves with a losing coaching record Even bring back legendary coach Joe Gibbs didn't work when he brought him back out of retirement who um, Oh, I don't know led the Washington football team to two Super Bowl playoff victories And now, reports of wild sexual harassment allegations of over a dozen former employees within your very franchise you allowed to happen. Not only that, you consistently dismiss indigenous people and others whenever there's waves of pressure to change the damn name. Fitting, given this is the Washington D.C. team and that city's history with natives and (laughs) the uh, Treatment of natives sure is a depressing doozy. It takes an anti-racism protest promoting another oppressed minority to get your ass to change you Opportunistic ass you but back to the Washington football team Really? That's the best you got. That's your temp name and I'll repeat what millions have thought of too here Hours of those board meetings and thousands of dollars, or tens of thousands of dollars, or hundreds of thousands of dollars, who knows, led you to an I.O.U, a placeholder, so you can kick it into the uprights next season, huh? Nah, this'll double-doink, just like everything else you touch in the NFL, Snyder, and not even having a decent backup plan, would you eventually decide to change the name throughout your 20 years of ownership? you settle on this generic flavorless brand yikes with this team's historic legacy which is another way of saying it won a few championships and has been around as long as your grandparents you need to honor it with the with an appropriate and future proof name warriors nah you, you you can't just come out and say you're you're not you're not the new new, 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 new you're not the New Jersey pasta eaters, and suddenly go. Nope, we're the New Jersey Mario's now. Same culture as a costume without the slur. You'll be back in 20 years, looking to rebrand again, wasting all of our time and money. But whatever. Representatives, sure, it works with the hockey team of the uh, Washington Senators. That's hockey. That that they're more a a more sophisticated breed of sports fandom, dude. Say that out loud is a weird thing to say, but you get it. These are football fans here. You want a name with as few syllables as possible so the drunken bovines can echo it throughout the stadium like it's mating season for sperm whales. You want to win people over with a name. Luckily, you don't have to think too hard. Mr. Snyder, I give you the pigskins. Pigskin. As in football, you have quote-unquote skins already as a nickname. Already fitting the previous criteria of being a punchy nickname that uh, a lot of people can like belt out saying, GO SKINS! Every old fogey referring to kids playing football around in the backyard is, is, is akin to tossing the pigskin around. Now, pigskin has always been there to associate with football. Why not connect the two here? Another thing I know many won't want to consider, but it's something to note in its favor are the racists. That's another weird thing to say out loud, but hear me out. Racists love to dog whistle and be correct at the same time. It's perfect for them to still echo the previous racist name to others without the slur as the slur gets less and less used with each passing year. So with those races slowly dying out, probably and hopefully, and you didn't have to put it on your damn brand. Another factor is the hoggets, which is an- another weird thing to say because football is weird. It's, it's, it's a decades-long institution of grown men who wear garden party hats, dresses, and Pig snouts? What the hell are you talking about exactly, you nutty man, you're thinking? Well, there's already a set of iconic Washington football team fans in place that use literal pig snouts is what I'm saying! Long story short, hoggets cheer for the DC team and do charity work, so the lawful good of weirdo fandoms to the chaotic neutral of the bronies. Next up I want to note is the uh, marketability. Um, what's offensive about a pig? Nothing. A lot of football fans love pork. You can make a signature pork meal at the stadium, pork barbecue competitions, cuddly plush toy pigs for your kids. It can be both cute and dangerous. You can turn that pig into a dangerous boar, fighting boars with angry eyes, charging at you full speed. You can sponsor the hoggets charity work and create official hoggets merch, or just make cute little cartoon Pigs or something who cares this is I'm I'm just running on like what's on my mind. I don't have Thousands upon thousands of dollars of of, of money to spend on On people talking to you or it's like well you 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 want to maintain Maintain the brand at the same time. It's just just talking at your ear making you feel good about like spending Too much money for 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 a name that makes so much more sense And, And just last thing the notes if you really want to show that you've changed and, and, like, want to distance yourself from from actually being a racist sack of shits, well, just... Pickskin is also an ancient, meanie weeny name for the pale oppressors we call white people. You used an ancient slur against Native Americans. Why not an ancient one for the whites? Hashtag progress. R- right Yeah? It's so obviously a smart name change. It, it, it hurts. There's a chance to renew interest in this disaster of a team and start fresh. New head coach in Ron Riviera, who's had success as a defensive coordinator with the Chicago Bears and led them to the Super Bowl and led the Panthers, the Carolina Panthers, to a Super Bowl in two multiple winning seasons. He can have a fresh start here with a new team, with a new name and a new brand. Hop on for this. Hogwild ride. Of course, that's just my opinion. I could be right.